0: Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Free Will Science and Religion Podcast. I'm here with David Joseph and Chandler Klebs. And today we're going to continue on um, a theme we've been exploring recently, the idea of how punishment relates to, to free will. How would our world change um, in terms of like punishment and reward, I think also, when as we shift from a free-will belief-based perspective to the understanding that absolutely nothing is ever up to any of us in any fundamental sense Chandler, why don't you start us off?
1: All right. Well, any punishment that's done will only be for um, deterrence um, and correction, basically. For example, I might be, you know, angry at somebody who hurt me years ago and yet, I understand that no matter what I do now, you know, even if I hurt that person, that's not going to help me now. Um, it, so that's the thing. the ol, The only thing we could do is like if now, if there's a person that you can talk to and say, well, you know, you did this thing back then that really hurt me, and the only purpose of telling that person that would be so that if they care they will learn to not do that to people in the future. And that works with, you know, minor things like, you know, you hurt my feelings type of stuff. But I think a lot of people are concerned about serious stuff, like, you know, somebody murdered or raped somebody. And a lot of people have this feeling that those people um, deserve to be punished as in they actually fundamentally deserve something. Um, And this is a tricky one to get across to people because people think that determinists are saying that we're just going to let everyone out of jail and that we're just going to let all chaos happen. And actually, it's kind of the opposite because, you know, understanding that unless there is a change in the person or the circumstances that led them to do that crime, they will do it again, and that's the reason why they have to be um, in jail or something until there's a change where you know that there's no threat.
0: Exactly. I, I think like, what, what people, again, are afraid of is that like, if everybody understands that there's no free will, that we will lose our rationale for punishment. I hear these, these academic philosophers that should know better you know, assert that continuously – and, and again, like there's, there's even kind of like within our current system um, and I'm, I'm not – I can't completely say it, it believes in free will but in other words, what I'm referring to is the, um, the mental health system, the, the psychiatric system. Nobody, just like with physical illnesses, nobody says, oh, well, you know, you, you got that illness of your free will, you know, so you're to, to blame. It's the same thing with psychiatric illnesses. Like, you know, nobody says to people who are depressed or anxious, you're depressed or anxious because it's, it's your fault and all. At least the, the profession tends to not say that, right? Well, but-
1: actually, my mom has experienced that kind of thing before.
0: No, no, Chandler, you know, I know, I know. It's part of the culture, but my point is like institutionally, you know, the, the basic, you know, um institutional position on this is that these conditions are genetic, they're environmental, they're they're not you know, a person just doesn't choose them per se. And but but my point in, in, in raising this is as citing is citing it as an example where society already you know, under it uh, operates under the no free will perspective. But still, you know, people who are in the mental health system, you know, also have the understanding that it doesn't that doesn't allow them to do whatever they, they want either. Now, OK, like in terms of um, punishment, though, like for the for the general society, let's address Chandler. I think you, you were right in inciting like the, the very the big crimes Um you know, the murder and, and you know, um, just like horrible crimes. I think what, what people have to understand is that there is the need for the threat of punishment to serve as a deterrent. In other words, it has nothing to do with whether we have a free will um, or not. You know, people – we need these rules and laws in order so, – so people know that if they choose to um to do something that's harmful to others and they get caught – that yes, there there will have to be some kind of penalty to be um, to be uh, faced. Unfortunately, it's a, it's unfortunate, but like we we just need that kind of system in order to maintain civilization.
2: Right. So. So I was I was, I was going to ask. So what would you what do you describe punishment as as being?
0: Excellent. Okay. okay. So David, that's a great question. In other words, like if if our prison system re- resembled let's say country clubs more then a lot of people might say to themselves, well, you know, like, you know, maybe I should try to rob this bank because like if, if, if I fail and I get caught, you know, I'm still like, you know, playing golf every day or whatever, like in, in this prison. So like, so I think punishment has to, unfortunately, and it's unfortunate because like, you know, when people do things wrong, it's really not up to them. Punishment has to entail some measure of a condition or circumstance that the person would prefer not to experience. Some kind of like I guess like what I'm trying to say is some kind of suffering. It's unfortunate, but just like when we you know when we discipline young children by by you know by um, grounding them or something, I think we have to apply this, you know, not as a rehabilitative um, technique our strategy, but as a deterrent strategy.
1: Yeah. yeah. Here, here's my thought. I really think that community service needs to be done more, um, you know, where, so that somebody is actually doing something that serves someone. Um, and perhaps they are made to like, if they do steal money, they have to pay it back. You know, and I don't. That that probably happens a little bit already. But I think the primary thing should be, you know, the the only kind of suffering is that I think I could that I could accept is a kind of suffering that you know it might be an inconvenient thing, but yeah, you have to do something to fix the damage that, that you caused.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of think I kind of agree with um, the idea. Say, if, if a child's going to run out into the middle of a road and they're going to get run over. And you grab the child's arm, and it might include a a slight amount of suffering to prevent the child from being hurt, you know, or causing a a bigger accident that hurts others. But I I get confused when it comes to the idea of um, actually punishing people for things that it's not really their fault if if we go into the details of, of why that person robbed the bank then we could just say, well, it's it's the fault of the, the competitive monetary market system that kind of put him in that position. And we we'll go from there. You're you're
0: right. Because basically I think you're you're what you're saying is like yes, we may need to have, you know, some punishment. We may need to cause people some suffering, but under the free will perspective, we we from that perspective, a lot of people want to cause other people a lot of suffering, a lot of unnecessary, unfair suffering, more suffering that is required for deterrence and more suffering that is required for the rehabilitation. So yeah, so like basically like as, as, as our world, you know, moves from the um, the belief in free will. Yeah, well, well and, and so like the, the question becomes is like, what is what is the right amount of punishment that people will say, well, it's not worth it to try to rob the bank or whatever, because if I get caught it's gonna like you know, it's gonna like disadvantage me in some way. That, but 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 in any under any circumstances, I think it's gonna be much more compassionate and intelligent than our current system um, based on free will belief.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, and I, I guess also like with punishment, you know, then we also again, Chandler. I think you were referring to this before. It's the, like with community service, like you know, the free will paradigm you know, doesn't – it rails against this community service stuff. It rails against, like, treating criminals with any kind of kindness because we say to ourselves, they don't believe that they did something wrong of their free will and all. Whereas, like, um, intelligence and, and wisdom tells us that, like, you know, if we treat them right, if we condition them, you know, through a community service, through through education, through various means, you know – we're going to be, like, much more effective at rehabilitation. When they get out of prison or jail or something, they're going to be much less likely to go back to a life of crime.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I think it works that way. I mean – and I think what – another benefit to the community service aspect is I think some people, when they get in that position of doing something – that's good, something that serves the community, something that people like and enjoy, well then even their punishment can turn into sort of a reward at least and they, they, they will get the feeling of satisfaction of doing something and they may meet new friends and I really think it has a rehabilitation as well as the deterrence.
0: That's an excellent point. For example, let's say, you know, you, you get them to work, let's say, at a skill that they don't have yet. But instead of, let's say, working six or seven or eight hours a day, maybe they're working 10 hours a day for a few weeks or so. So there's kind of like a punishment element. But again, it's 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 like it's not like a severe vindictive, um, um, you know, punishment that's just, you know, seeking revenge. It, it's, it's like it's for a, a positive purpose. And again, hopefully, it's, it's the least amount of punishment that's that's necessary. I wanted to just address another point related to punishment. Because w- what happens is like, when when criminals are punished, they're punished in two ways. And I think overcoming the free will belief will minimize one kind of punishment. The one kind of, the first punishment I think we've been exploring is that something, some kind of like inconvenience at least has to happen to them that's going to serve as a deterrent for all all of us that we don't like, you know, we're motivated to not attempt the crime. But the other kind of punishment that I think is completely not just unnecessary, it's unfair and it's counterproductive is that the way we view these criminals, you know, from, from us as a public to the newspapers that vilify these criminals to the judges and the police officers and the corrections officers, basically the free will belief causes us to hate them, causes us to condemn them, to want them to, to suffer because they're bad people. So to the extent we move from this, this, this very harmful, very evil, I think, free will belief all of a sudden, fine, we're we're telling criminals at every level, the newspapers, society, judges, we're saying to criminals, listen, um, the first point you have to understand is, like, you should not, quote-unquote, blame yourself for what you did because it wasn't your fault. Nobody's blaming you, society's not blaming you, the criminal justice is not blaming you. You know, you should still consider yourself, as uh, like, absolved from this, but you still have to understand that in order to... um, to preserve our civilization. We have to, like, impose some kind of suffering. For, in other words, we're explaining to them what, what we're doing in a way that, that allows them to maintain their dignity as human beings.
1: Yeah. Yes, I mean, the way we view people and the way that they view themselves has a tremendous impact because, you know, if someone views themselves as bad, I think that has a psychological effect that makes them act bad. And the reverse may be true too.
0: Absolutely. David, what, what, what do, you, uh, do you think? That, that, that Does that resonate? or?
2: It, it does. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, I, I would also add that perhaps it's kind of like a, a punishment for them to actually be in the mindset to actually go out and commit a crime in the first place. You know, There's got to be a certain level of um, discomfort within themselves, I think, before. They go out and they, they rob a bank or they, they try to take someone's wallet or you know, whatever, whatever they choose to do.
0: That's oh, an ex- not, not,
2: not that they choose it freely, of course.
0: No, that's an excellent point. In other words, like in terms of punishment, like uh, the free will paradigm has us direct all of our punishment on the criminal. Whereas like basically if, if you want to like punish, like if somebody – like for example, let's say uh, um, a child does something wrong. A lot of times in our society, we'll understand, well, it's the parents' fault because the parents didn't teach them, you know, right from wrong well enough. So the parents are somewhat culpable. So by that same understanding, I think that like, you know, if we're going to like punish along with punishing the criminal, we have to punish ourselves as, as world as, as well as a society. In other words, like punishment, meaning, let's say, increased taxes to kind of like to pay for better schools so that people are better educated. So that people can like, you know, get jobs more easily and don't have to turn to crime. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's, so like we've dealt with the punishment. Do you guys want to deal with the the reward aspects more? Cause I, I think that's, you know, you know, um, people need to understand how like overcoming free will belief is actually, you know, um, it's something that's good for us. It's good for, for everyone.
1: Yeah, and you know, the thing is reward is very important because I think reward is actually more effective than punishment. You know, um, for anything that somebody does, anything at all, there's got to be um, some something they're getting out of it, some good benefit they're getting out of it. For example, you know, people who smoke – um, you know, they're addicted to cigarettes. Well, you know, it's bad for their health and they, and they know that, but there's something that they get out of it. You know, I've heard some say, well, that it relaxes them somehow or it gives them something to do with their hands. And well, what it means, what the way I look at it is that it means is there's got to be a way for people to get a good feeling or reward doing something else that's less harmful. Cause that's the only way you can't just tell people oh, don't do this, don't do that. They need to be given something to actually do.
0: That makes sense, absolutely. Um, now, relative to the, uh, the free will belief, um, I'm trying to connect that more, more directly. Basically, under free will belief, um, what we, we do that, or actually, I mean, the way I'm connecting it now is that one of the problems we have as a society is that some of us tend to do things better than others of us. You know, like some people are like much better athletes or much better, you know, at, at whatever. They have certain skills. And, and again, our, our free will based education system, our society leads us to then kind of like have this like hierarchical society where – where then there are the people who are the most worthy and then there are lesser worthy people lesser worthy based on, you know, how well we do things. You know, how, how, how maybe how good we are at rewarding society with our efforts. Now, one of the problems I see with that is that that creates a lot of arrogance and a lot of um, what I would call um, false entitlement by the people who are like blessed with special abilities, Hmm.
1: Yeah, people they they're taking credit for their abilities. And, right. So, yeah. Go ahead, Chandler. Well, I just wanted to point out how irrational it is for them to do so, because that's like saying that they're better because they're of a certain gender or have a certain skin color, or they're better because they're human instead of a uh, cockroach or something. You know, it's they they have no control over it.
0: Exactly. And this is going to be one of our challenges in getting people, you know, especially the people who are in power to accept that we don't have a free will. Because basically that means like, for example, like uh, the, the billionaires in the world, the, the, the people who, 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 um, who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, the rationale for their being able to like, you know, um, have and consume, you know, that much wealth. You know, when when people like at on, on minimum wage can't can't even serve um, afford you know the basic um, you know their basic resources, that rationale vanishes. In other words, like most, uh, somebody might uh, claim, well, yeah, Gates and 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 like you know these these um, these billionaires deserve it because of their free will. You know, they they did all this. So fine, we might want to pay certain people like doctors. Like if you become a doctor you have to go through 12 years of very, very difficult, you know, training. And I think, you know, in order to motivate people to go through that, you know, that very difficult r- regime, I think we might want to pay doctors more than other people, again, as an incentive, as a reward. But, but then there ha- have to be a limit. In other words, like, fine, they may, they may make three or four times the, the average salary, but I'm not sure there's a rationale for giving them 10 or 20 or like CEOs in the United States. They, they earn 300 times the average salary. I mean, like, again, I think this overcoming free will belief would do a lot to make the, the world much more just in that way.
1: Yeah, and you know, here's – George, here's something that I've thought of. Certain things are incentivized. People are motivated to do certain things more than other things. Like take, for example – that sports is highly rewarded. If you are a pro sports player, you know, you know, like even you can get scholarships based on being good in sports. You get, can be, get be very rich being based on sports. But you know what? I would rather people, um, make more money from being a doctor than being a sports star. If you know what I'm saying. Because well, of, the, because of the good that a doctor can do compared to, you know, somebody who wins basketball.
0: Yeah. Actually, that's an interesting question Chandler, because like I tend to agree with you in a certain sense, but there is another part of me that feels compassion for, for so many people that have like, you know, um, drudgery in terms of their nine to five jobs that like, you know, so much of our workforce is mechanized. A lot of people aren't very fulfilled, you know? And so like in a certain sense, these, these sports figures, like when you see like amazing basketball players, like, you know, you know, they they actually do, you know, just based on like, you know, based on so many people like watching them on TV and going to the stadiums, they actually fulfill, I think, an important service in terms of like, you know, entertaining people who, who really, you know, again, because of our, our society's like just um dysfunctional in many ways, just, you know, are really benefited from that that what do you call it? Um that separation from their, their ordinary lives, it gives them kind of like a respite. But, but again, I, I understand your point that like, you know, that I think sometimes we overdo that. In other words, these, these, um, sports stars, um, don't, I think require, you know, or, or even the the sports owners, you know, that they shouldn't be getting nearly as much as, as they do because like, because, you know, with the free will belief, you know, again, comes at like, well, you make as much as you want because you earned it. But when we understand that we don't have free will, it's like people should make as much as is justified to get them motivated to do what they do. And then so like, yeah, that would be much less, I, I guess, that many people make now.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, and and, and yeah, one other thing is like... Um, I mean, everybody places value in different things anyway, you know, and I, and I get that, you know, people, um, some, some people think that certain professions are more deserving than others. And it's weird. Like, um, so even though I think sports is absolutely useless, (laughs) but you you know what I mean? What I'm saying, right. I I mean, i view sports as useless, but, but I, I know that other people enjoy that. It's just that, And I think that it can be done and it has a place, but, you know, um, and that's something that needs to be discussed, just like what really should be taught in schools. You know, that's another thing, what sort of subjects are the most essential for people to know and so what happens is in order to discuss anything there is a sort of value judgment system we're using which is of course not not up to us (laughs) it's what's so funny but there is a system we're using to say that this is better for the society than this
0: no i agree with you i agree with you um and a lot of it is just market-based in other words like what, what marketers can succeed in getting us to want is what, what, what you know, the market will promote and that, that may not be in the best interest of everyone. I just wanted to go back with, to this punishment theme relative to like people kind of like understanding the injustice of, 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 of believing in free will. Um, cause I think we need to, to help them understand why they don't have a free will and then why punishment is, is just so wrong for, and one example that I use is like, let's say somebody is in a restaurant and, and like, and they, you know, somebody, you know, spikes their drink, puts something in their drink, um, without their knowledge. And then this person will go out and commit a crime. Okay. Now, um, if, if you didn't know about the drink whatever, then that's kind of like the, the equivalent of kind of like believing that they have a free will. They did the crime on their own and they're going to be punished. And they're going to be like – you know, and they deserve it because that's, that's their free will. Now, if you know though, if you know that the person, you know, through no fault of their own, you know, they had no awareness, you know, drank this drink that was spiked – I mean not only would you not want them punished because you would know they would be completely innocent, you'd defend them. If if you were like in, in the trial where they were being accused, you would like stand up as a witness for them saying, listen, I know for a fact that this person is not fundamentally responsible because you know this agent in the drink made them go out and commit the crime. So basically what I'm saying, we need to I think come up with examples like this to, to help people understand – not just the, the 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 wrongness of the 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 incorrectness of the free will belief but but just how how unjust how unfair it is
1: yeah and and i think something needs to be said too about even though there's there's like no complete first cause or self-causer around there's still in a given situation a certain crime was done. They're still the first person to initiate a subset of events, and I think people need to focus on that, realizing that you know, um, like let's just here's an extreme thought experiment. Like somebody all of a sudden says, "Well, you know what? We own all the water in the world, and we're we're keeping you from drinking the water." So somebody, so imagine that. Okay, somebody's thirsty, so they go. And onto property they're not supposed to, and they steal water. Well, you look at that sort of situation, and you think, well, this is whack. People got to drink water, so let's do something about these I- these idiots who are saying that they won't let anyone drink water. You know what I'm saying? There comes a certain point when, like, you know, you, you st- you're you identifying, well, who started the problem? Well, so, you, you. I mean, sure, somebody can say, well, the universe, by creating – uh, living things that need to drink water created the problem which is you know in a way that's true but you, you might you might identify the people who are keeping away access from the water as being the first cause of that specific situation.
0: Chandler that's an excellent point point. and like a lot of times when people let's say um, kids from inner cities commit crimes you know, um, we, you know, society blames them and it just incarcerates them and ruins their lives when the people we should be incarcerating or punishing, you know, are, are the people who maintain the kinds of like unjust, you know, like in other words, these kids aren't getting uh, good educations. These kids are, are not, you know, their parents aren't given enough resources to, to, um, you know, enough food, enough clothing. I mean, just these basic necessities. And and there are people in the world that are depriving, you know, these people, these basic necessities, which is leading to their crime. So like to the extent that we understand that the, these criminals, these kids do not have a free will, then we, we you know, like you were saying, we look for the causes of, of how they came to the crime. And then when we, when we see that, then we, we, we identify, the, the, the people who, you know, the politicians who are against these kinds of programs to help them, who, who just have no problem with, with the vast inequality that serves no one and hurts so many people in so many ways. Yeah. All right. We've got about two minutes left. Um, David, did we, did we sufficiently cover, you know, the, 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 the matter of punishment relative to free will? Are there any other points that we can address over in the last minute and a half or so?
2: Uh, I, I think uh, you hit most of it for now, but um, I, I would like to add to the, the idea of rewards. Um, you know, we have intrinsic value, uh, intrinsic motivations and extrinsic motivations. So when you introduce, um, say, kind of kind of like a, a sobriety, really, aren't you? you're saying, if you do this work, then we're going to give you this reward, and you're trying to get people to behave in that way. It's kind of like taking, uh, you're turning Play into work, and then work into so something that they, they're not going to like eventually. If, if you're always dangling that carrot, and you're saying if if you don't do that work, you don't get that carrot, you know.
0: You know, you, you make a good point. I think one of the um, one of the failings of our education system is that we don't teach our kids to enjoy. In other words, we teach them how to do math and how to do math well, but we don't teach them how to enjoy it. So right. most people don't enjoy it at all. Absolutely. So, all right. So we've got like about um, 40 seconds. Chandler, you want to uh, finishing thoughts on this or?
1: Um, well, I can respond to what you said about math, but that would just go off to another whole subject. <laughs> that That's a whole other podcast. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. Generally, I think we need to be focusing on rewards more than punishments and realizing that reward and punishment are still realities with or without free will anyway
0: that sounds great all right i guess that that's it so like i guess we'll see you again on on on, science free will science and religion thanks everyone